there's and the guys may like this answer first answer better than the second <laughs> because guys are more practical and give me a to-do list right. but one of the ways to get past loneliness is to not feel bored and so make sure that you continue to do novel things in your relationship. Uh, boredom really will do a lot to harm a relationship. So think of ways, be creative to do novel things, whether it's playing a different game, whether it's cooking a different dish, whether it's, you know, um, watching a different kind. I'm trying to think COVID kinds of things yeah, right no, now. That's great. Yeah. You know, uh, watching a different kind of movie than you'd normally watch. You know, but do something that's a little different. If you've if you've walked the same streets, go on to a you know a different hike or whatever. Mm -hmm. But bring something novel into the relationship. So mm -hmm. then that way again, you're not bored. The I'm, other thing. I'm This week, Dr. Karen Sherman joins us to discuss how couples might be lonely or feel lonely even though they're married, which is interesting in these times of isolation and quarantine. So what does that mean? How do you resolve it? And more. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the talented, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hi. I just laugh all the time when you do that intro. <laughs> I got to keep it interesting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. Um, uh, on the real, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationships and lifestyle issues for over thirty years. Uh, she is also the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice: Transform Your Life. And Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic: Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Um, today, we're going to talk about loneliness and specifically loneliness within marriage. Um, uh, you know, this story, I, I read a story and it came up because of, you know, COVID and couples who are self-isolating together. And it's like, oh, you know, at least if you're married, it's, it's fine because at least you have somebody else. But uh, this article pointed out that a 2018 national survey of adults that was conducted by the AARP found that 31% of married people 45 years old and older repeated reported being lonely. So, mm -hmm. uh, for one point of context, this was in 2018 when the survey was conducted. So before mm -hmm. they were being isolated together. So, uh, I just want to highlight that. Um, does the fact that almost a third of married couples, uh, report that they're lonely surprise you? It doesn't, but let me do my caveat first. Mm -hmm. Again, this is a survey. Mm-hmm. And we know that people who are willing to answer surveys may not be representative of 
um, the general population. So it's almost like reviews, uh, generally reviews that we read are either by people who are so unbelievably thrilled with the product or more likely people who really were very unsatisfied with the uh, item that they're reviewing. So I think that it is possible that when they say it's 31%, it's because it's people who are feeling, you know, disgruntled or upset or maybe have nothing else to do because they're so lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so does it shock me? No, but I think we need to also put it into the context that I just described. Right. So a little bit of a self-selective bias and who responds. You're bored at home and you, (laughs) you take the survey. Got it. Um, well uh, with that, and I know this is completely unscientific, uh, based on your experience, Mm -hmm. the, the 31%, does that seem like an outrageously out of touch number or does it seem like, you know, it may be a little high, but not no. like crazy. No, not unfor- unfortunately. No, I don't think that it's really uh, out of whack. I, I'm not surprised by the number. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. How how is it possible that you can be married, live with somebody, sleep next to them, uh, but you're still lonely? Well, because. To not be lonely would mean that you have a relationship, that you're interacting, that you feel connected. And unfortunately, I think that, you know, after we have gone through the honeymoon period in a relationship, and I don't mean just the, you know, one or two weeks that you may have gone on a honeymoon, if you were fortunate enough to do that. We're talking about, you know, the first several months, the first year, you get into the humdrum of day-to-day life. And it starts to just become same old, same old. And there's boredom and taking each other for granted and not really feeling a connection, a true connection with your mate. And that's going to end up feeling very lonely. So yes, you're in the house together many, many hours perhaps. And as you said, sleeping next to each other in most cases, though Mm -hmm. there are some couples who do sleep in separate bedrooms. um, And you're probably taking your meals together, though, you know, as by witness, by uh, watching couples in restaurants when we remember doing that, um, (laughs) you see many couples who aren't even been talking to each other in restaurants. Mm-hmm. They're on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the loneliness again is the feeling that you're by yourself and you can be in another person's space and still feel that you're by yourself. Uh, I, I think how you started this off by just saying that in order for to not be lonely, you need to be in a relationship mm-hmm. is such a I don't want to say, I don't think profound's the right word, but it's such a precise and accurate way of describing Mm. it that Mm -hmm. I really love it because you're right. Because you can live with somebody, but there is no relationship there. You, you can not talk to each other. You don't have to engage with one another. Uh, you don't have to listen to the other person. And when we talk about so, so many times we talk about the benefits of marriage, Mm -hmm. Um, but, and, and, you know, we also talk about the other side of things, but we know like it's not just that good marriages can be really great for you, but bad marriages can be really damaging as well. Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where this kind of falls 
and the spectrum of things when you're married and lonely, it's probably because it's not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about like how we might remedy this a little bit. So if you are feeling lonely, how do you broach that subject with your spouse without like immediately turning the other person off to the conversation? Okay. So the chances are very likely that if you're feeling like something's missing, that your spouse is also. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, my guess would be, and I know that this is a mm-hmm. very grand generalization, but my guess would be that women are more likely to be aware of this piece missing than a guy is, because generally women do have a better pulse on the relationship. And unfortunately, many men go by the thinking that, well, if somebody's not complaining, then everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So, what happens is that you go along day in, day out, and you're just going into your routinized behaviors, and it seems to be going okay. So, okay, no complaints, everything's fine. Um, I will say something that is a warning to men that a lot of times initially when women are unhappy, they will say, you know, I think maybe we should read this book together. That would be helpful to us. I think that, you know, maybe we should watch this movie together. Um, Perhaps we should go to a therapist together mm-hmm. and, you know, or, or sit down and talk about any number of suggestions. And a man will, no, 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 it's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, and I've actually um, mentioned this, I know, in some podcast among the hundreds we've done together. Eventually, the woman will stop bringing things up. And the man thinks to himself, oh, okay, great, she's not complaining anymore everything is okay now. Mm -hmm. The reality is, if a woman has been bringing ideas to the table because she's unhappy about something, whether it's the loneliness or some feelings of not being respected or not feeling that she matters or whatever, you need to pay attention. Because when she stops bringing it up, what's happening to a woman is she's sort of feeling like you know, there's no sense in bringing this up anymore. And she has become resigned to it and might actually even be thinking about a game plan to get out. Mm -hmm. So when she stops complaining, that's a real signal that things are problematic. Now, again, presuming that she's been complaining or been bringing up suggestions and the guy has not done anything. Right. And I will. I know I'm going off on a tangent, no, but I think great. it's an important tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to bring this up, so I'm glad that you, you oh, did. Oh, okay, good. Well, <laughs> we've been together a long time, yeah. Steve. Um, when couples come into me and they talk about how angry they are and they're furious and you know all sorts of negative emotions, I am not concerned about helping them. It's because there's still energy between them. When a couple comes in and one of the mates says to me, they just don't care anymore, Mm. that's a red flag for Mm -hmm. me. That really concerns me because indifference lets me know that that person has really checked out. Right. 
Okay, so going back to your original question, well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add, and to just try to be like uh, really short with it, nagging is caring. That's correct. Because when they stop nagging, that means they've given up. That is exactly right. So yeah. that's exactly right. You know, and then what happens? The old joke is, you know, she's walking out the door, and he says, "Oh, is something wrong?" <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Okay, that's not a joke. All right. Anyway, so going back to your original question of how to broach the subject, if it were me, and it could be either the male or female, I would say something like. I've been having some uneasy feelings lately. I wouldn't necessarily name it. I've been having some uneasy feelings lately. And I'm sort of thinking that if I'm having some uncomfortable feelings, you might be also. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced anything lately, you know, in regard to how we relate to each other? And I would go from there. And so. Um, I mean, the person might say, I don't know what you're talking about. And then say, well, this is the kind of, these are the kinds of things I've been feeling. And I think I would also make sure to add something positive. I care about you a great deal. I want our marriage to be better. And I want to have this discussion with you because I want to talk about ways that we can make things better, that we both feel good in this marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how I would broach it. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think it's important not to overcomplicate it as well. So that's great. Right. Right. Um, so then how can couples prevent themselves from becoming lonely within the relationship? If they're not quite there yet, but they feel like, oh, I don't know. Okay, so there's, and the guys may like this answer, first answer better than the second, (laughs) because guys are more practical and give me a to-do list. But one of the ways to get past loneliness is to not feel bored. And so make sure that you continue to do novel things in your relationship. Uh, Boredom really will do a lot to harm a relationship. So think of ways, be creative to do novel things, whether it's playing a different game, whether it's cooking a different dish, whether it's, you know, um, watching a different kind. I'm trying to think COVID kinds of things right now. That's great. Yeah. You know, uh, watching a different kind of movie than you'd normally watch. You know, but do something that's a little different. If you if you've walked the same streets, go on to a you know a different hike or whatever. Mm-hmm. But bring something novel into the relationship. So mm-hmm. then that way again, you're not bored. The I'm, other thing, I'm, I'm I, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I was just going to interject. I, I'm happy to report that um, Jess and I have started playing a new game in the last oh, like two weeks it? or so. What's that? What's the game? Uh, well, it's a video game. It's uh, okay. it's The Last of Us Two. It's it's a very popular one, but it's also not everybody's cup of tea. But it's um, from a developer that we both really like because they tell amazing stories. It's post apocalyptic, blah blah blah. But ah, we yes. like it for different reasons. So she likes it because of 
being able to like, well, I take that back. We like it for a lot of the same reasons, but she likes it because she gets to go and do one aspect of it, which is like solving puzzles and finding things and Mm -hmm. scavenging through the areas. And I get to do the fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a single player game, but we both participate and go along because it is so story. It's such a story driven game Uh that we can both follow the story, even if we're not, having the controller in our hand at the same time. Um, and then uh, to your yeah, point about like... Why don't you put that, Steve, at the end of the podcast, sometimes you put links. Oh, yeah. Why don't you put that on the bottom of this podcast? Sounds sounds great. I okay. will do that. Um, and then the the, uh, the other thing that I was going to bring up is you you brought up the, the hiking and the walking and taking different routes. So uh, Jess and I have also been walking our neighborhood almost every evening. Uh, and every evening it's taking a different route. We, mm-hmm. oh, let's go down this street. Let's go down this back alley. Let's go down, you know, so yeah. We're, yeah. we're trying to do it. We're trying, like yeah. I said, like I'd like to repeat, I try to live the brand. So there you go. I don't, there we, you go. I don't just get on the podcast and get on my soapbox. Like I actually try to do the stuff that we talk about and I think it works. You're a good role model. You're Fine. a good role model. Okay. So here's the one that the guys aren't going to like so much, <laughs> but um, it really is helpful. And um, if you start to do this on a regular basis, it doesn't become so nudgy or difficult. But every week, every other week, every month, I wouldn't go more than a month, you check in with each other mm-hmm. and you say, so how's it going? How do you, and this again was something we talked about a long time ago, you know, what do you think is working? Mm -hmm. You know, what have we done that's working? What do you think could use improvement? Not so much what's not working, but what could use improvement? And if you do that, I mean, just by the fact that you're having the conversation, you're now having more relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. And that will allow you to, um, you know, do things more preventatively than waiting until there really is this horrible loneliness that just sort of creeps in and gets larger and larger and more difficult to um, come back from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing I was going to add about that recommendation is uh, Jess and I like to have some of these conversations when we're on our walks. Mm-hmm. And the important aspect of that is that uh, you are doing it in neutral territory. Yes. Uh, without the environmental baggage that may persist. So that's another little tip when you want to bring stuff up. Yes. And by the way, since you mentioned that, I would not suggest having this conversation when you're lying in bed. Yeah, right. Good. Beds are for intimacy and for sleeping. So you don't want to... Um, bring in negative, what could be negative emotional baggage, Mm -hmm. uh, into, into the bed. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, I was just going to add So it's funny because, um, Jess and I do a lot of stuff together and every once in a while, the to do list (laughs) will pop up when we're laying in bed together and it's like, Oh, I want to do this. And I'm always just, ah, save it for tomorrow. Save it for tomorrow. You really do have a lovely relationship. Try. We try. Like I said, okay. title of the brand. Okay. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I'm done. You're up to your next question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so with all of that being said, and I know this last one is going to be a little bit more difficult under the present circumstances, um, but where do outside friendships fit in within this dynamic? I think outside friendships are really important. Um, Through my personal life, through my professional life, I have come across couples that, I guess the best way to say it is that they're sort of joined at the hip. I've never gotten those relationships. I don't know how they manage with each other, to be honest with you. I think it's really important that in addition to your spouse or your partner, you do have other relationships. Um, No one person can fulfill all your needs. And to have that expectation is putting a terrible responsibility um, on your partner. Uh, So I think it's really important that you have outside friendships. Number one, so you don't put that burden on your partner. And number two, because that will help you to not feel so lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, But even in COVID time, uh, you can still have friendships. Uh, It may be a little bit more difficult because you can't necessarily, you know, meet as you would on a regular basis. But we do have Zoom and we do have FaceTime and, you know, um, we do have the telephone. So there are still ways to connect with people. Um, and I think that those, you know, those should be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up. I literally yesterday I did a FaceTime with a with a college roommate of mine who it's been at least at least a decade since I last spoke with him. Mm-hmm. You said you were going to reconnect with him. Uh, yeah, this was a different one. This is the oh, amazing a different thing. One. Yes, uh-huh. it was. To, it was a completely different roommate, um, mm-hmm. and it was. And I should I should say my college years were crazy. Not like in the animal house, like I was a party guy, but the circumstances that I was living under. Uh, I think there was twelve people in the house that I was living in, and it was like mm-hmm. a four bedroom house. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit crazy. But yeah. anyways, uh-huh. uh, so I have a lot of roommates that I could reconnect with, <laughs> is uh-huh. what I'm saying. But it was it was great. It was like we had never missed a beat, uh, which are, uh-huh. you know, just like all the great relationships, right? I, yeah. You, yeah. You pick up after all these years. And um, it's great because we now have, I think a lot of people at least have a little bit more time. I think a lot of people are being a little bit more reflective of where they are, what they're doing. Uh, people they miss, all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, when you can't see people, you start going through your old mental Rolodex of like, oh man, I really miss hanging out with that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so those things are coming, coming, coming up, bubbling up, you know? So it's been, it's been really great to do all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I love the idea that when you try to put every single bit of emotional need on your spouse, it's never going to work. Because it can't be everything to you all the time in in every aspect of life. And as soon as I think couples uh, recognize and realize that how how fulfilling those outside relationships can be, it just it it doesn't diminish your role. It broadens your world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because. Yeah. So I I feel like. with Jess, for example, she's got tons of outside friends and she communicates with them all the time, every day, all day. 
And I know it has broadened my world, my perspective, my relationships uh, innumerably because of the relationship that she has with them. And I don't need to try to be them. And they mm-hmm. and, and I know they're not going to be me. And it's just a really great dynamic when you become comfortable with the outside influence of all the people in the community. And I think people should uh, embrace that more, which I think. Mm-hmm. Which I know that we've talked about it in the past, you know, the Hollywood fairy tale of you're my everything is yeah. just, just garbage <laughs> because you can't be your everything. It's just never right. going to work. So I just wanted to like, <laughs> like really hammer that one home. Dispel uh, <laughs> the myth. Yes. Yes. I feel like it needs to be repeated, even though we've repeated it in the past. Um, okay. Uh, moment of truth. Anything else you'd like to add here, Karen? Yes, as a matter of fact. Let's do it. One of the other things that will help not feeling lonely in your relationship is not feeling lonely with yourself. Ooh, good one. And um, a lot of people don't spend a lot of time by themselves and getting comfortable with that. Um, And, you know, there's a phrase, you come into this world by yourself, you leave this world by yourself. It's really important to, you know, and there are some people who tend to, like, want to be out in the world more with people, and there are other people who, you know, really prefer to spend a lot of time by themselves. That's not what I'm speaking about, because those are just differences in personality. But to, to feel okay being with you, Mm-hmm. And so, especially during this COVID time, um, it might be a wonderful opportunity to meditate, to reflect on yourself, to start to be comfortable doing visualizations with, you know, your merits, to learn to have compassion for yourself and forgive yourself for things. Um, and I think that the more that we can do that, for ourselves individually, the more that we become a better partner um, and then get past, help to get past the sense of loneliness with our partner. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's great. I like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that actually reminded me one last thing that I would like to bring up is a book recommendation that I, ah. I just finished a book. Yeah. Um, it is called uh, Humankind, A Hopeful History. And it is mm-hmm. by Rutger uh, Bregman. And it basically talks about uh, how decent people are at the core. And mm. it challenges uh, our understanding of how the, there's, a, there's a very popular narrative about how we are basically holding on by the skin of our teeth to have a civil society. And if one, do- one more domino falls, we're just going to descend into chaos. Mm-hmm. And the book basically goes through, I actually think you'd really like this, Karen. It goes through a lot of studies that we hit. We all know about, um, the, um, the Stanford experiment that is, mm-hmm. uh, we know has been debunked. Um, it, the, the shock therapy yeah. uh, study, um, the, the, Teachers separating students with the different colored eyes. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, the marshmallow test. Like all he goes through a yeah. whole bunch of these studies and he 
goes to the source material of these studies and he kind of flips a lot of the popular narratives that have been built around them. Hmm. Um, and a very excellent, compelling way. And I, like, I, I'm bringing all this up to say that there's so much doom and gloom in present day as we record this, uh, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and an, and an economic crisis and all the other stuff that's going on. And, and you see so much fighting going on between different factions of uh, the country in the United States, for example, mm-hmm. that this book gives you hope <laughs> uh, because it talks about how even in the darkest of times during World War Two, uh, World War One, how how good people were. And he does it with very concrete examples. That's Um, lovely. Yes. Uh, And so I I highly recommend it. It's not a small read. It's, I want to say it's close to 500 pages, Mm. Um, but it has a lot of stories. It uh, moves pretty fast. And I think by the time you're finished, you're like, man, (laughs) I think, uh, I think we're going to be out do okay. I think we'll get out of this. So I think that that's a really important book. It sounds very interesting because especially with a lot of the things that are going on these days, it's hard to maintain a positive attitude um, and it becomes scary. So yeah. I think that's great. And and so may I suggest that you also put that at yes. the end of you know that link? I will. I will. Terrific. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, hopefully that was a, an uplifting note on marriage loneliness. Uh, we will wrap this one up. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. And thank you, Steve. Uh, and before we go, I want to remind you one last time that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find all this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. Um, and I want to repeat for those who are only know us through the podcast that our website, hitchmag.com, has thousands of articles. Uh, it has the entire archive of 500 plus uh, podcast episodes available for you there. And we have a free newsletter that takes seconds seconds to sign up for. It's free. It goes out once a week, uh, Monday evenings, and it uh, includes all the latest highlighted information from the week, which also includes the latest podcast episode that went up. So it's an easy way to stay up to date on the latest information, marriage information that we're publishing. So hopefully you check that out. And with that, we will wrap this one up. Until next time, take care, everybody. each other's eyes we know that it's showtime clear our heads of all our worries and fears now we know it's go time and it's about to